chapter twenty four of the golden bough by george gibbs this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva a night adventure after clasping frau nisko warmly by the hand roland left number sixteen schweigerstrasse and went out into the darkness of a small street at the rear of the house the clock on the kitchen wall had told the hour of ten and he realized that he had a little more than an hour to accomplish his purpose of boarding the train for lindau it would be suicide to attempt without a passport the purchase of a ticket at the hauptbahnhof and it was with a feeling of great uncertainty as to the result of the project that he made his way across the bridge and in the general direction of the railway station he knew that any appearance of hesitation in his manner in the streets would lead to questions and arrest and so whistling cheerfully to keep up his courage he went his way along the Zomerstrasse as far as the schwanthaler museum the very one of which he professor leo knaus was curator when the hauptbahnhof looming in sight he turned to his left and followed a street which ran parallel to the railroad tracks having come this far he felt more encouraged for he was now in a region of breweries and factories where his rough clothes were less conspicuous than in the fashionable region through which he had just passed he realized that he wasn't very pretty to look at for there was a six days growth of beard upon his chin and the dust of the garret had completed the damage to georg zenf's clothing begun the other night upon the roofs poor zenf it was prison for him and for vice and bents the hour was not ripe for mutiny in germany but there had been signs next winter when the pinch of hunger came but this was no time to be thinking of misfortunes of the munich committeemen prison for a while and then conditional release with a warning his own case was more desperate and required a desperate expedient to board the eleven thirteen train without buying a ticket he went on until he reached the edge of the brewery district where he stopped in a small tobacconist's to buy pipe tobacco and ask questions the man behind the counter was old and querulous but roland found out what he wished to know that he had already passed the switches of the freight yards and that the straight double track to pasing began just here at friedenheim roland didn't wait to discuss the matter further for a clock upon the shelf indicated that the hour of eleven was near and so leaving the old man staring after him he went out abruptly and strode rapidly eastward across the tracks and at last coming to a stop in the shadow of an abutment close to the rails a train passed going toward the city and another approached him going eastward but it could scarcely be the time yet so he waited and watched it pass a train of goods cars calculating its speed and figuring on his chances of success if the speed of the eleven thirteen was no greater than this but what if he missed it or boarded a train for berlin by mistake he would have to take that chance silence except for the distant rattle of the train that had passed 
he glanced around him there was no one near no lights no watchmen no police he had chosen well there was a cinder path beside the track if for a few seconds he could get up as much speed as the train that was all he needed that and a good grip on something another train leaving munich he could see its lights and hear the rattle of its wheels as it crossed the switches he had tried to figure the passage of the minutes since he had left the tobacconists and was sure that the time of departure of the train he wanted had long since passed this must be it then he pulled his cap down firmly over his ears and peered out the exhaust of the locomotive warned him that this was an express slowly gathering speed but it was do or die now a light along the rails roland stepped back into the shadows an arm over his eyes to protect them from the glare then a deafening clank and roar as the engine passed ever gathering speed roland waited until one car passed two then darted out running furiously and sprang for the step as it passed a wrench at his armpit a moment of doubt as he clutched at the rail and then he lay along the footboard of the old-fashioned car for the moment quite safe there was no guard in sight but he could not tell how soon one would appear probably at pazing less than five minutes away and so clutching at the nearest guard rail he crouched and moved to the rear end of the coach there was one dark compartment but he did not dare raise his head above the sill to look in nor had he any intention of entering it indeed he had already made his plan and moving with great caution found an iron ladder between the cars and climbed quickly to the top of the coach along which he crawled upon hands and knees and finally lay flat with arms and legs extended bruised and breathless but quite happy he grinned to himself at the ease with which the thing had been accomplished and thought of the mess he would have made of himself if he had tried to take liberties of this kind with the empire state express or the manhattan limited at pazing he heard the call of the guard which reassured him that he had made no mistake this was the lindau train all right and the bodensee but eight or ten hours away if they did not see him if no one looked up he crawled over to the side away from the lights of the platform the travellers were all intent upon getting into their places and the guards in putting them there so that the sprawling figure in the gloom above them only a few feet away escaped notice but roland saw and heard there was a delay of a few moments while the officials waited for a tall man who had gotten down from a machine alongside the platform roland heard his rasping voice saw the guard salute and take his valise heard the obsequious excellency of the station agent and then the door of the compartment just below him crashed to and the train moved off into the darkness there was no mistaking von stromberg and his presence was reasonable enough even his departure from pazing instead of from the hauptbahnhof where he might have been recognized by those who could balk his plans roland wondered at his own stupidity in not realizing that the herr general would go to lindau rather than entrust so important an affair 
to a subordinate and if to lindau why not on the only train which left for that place to-night and here he was the old villain in the compartment roland might have entered not ten feet from where roland lay zoya rochal had said of roland that he was never so happy as when he was shooting at somebody and at this moment roland confessed to a strong desire to justify the statement he crawled along the top of the carriage until he reached the ventilator which let into the compartment von stromberg had entered but of course could see nothing there was an odor of a good cigar the rattle of a newspaper and then silence roland had seen no one but von stromberg enter the compartment and since there was no sound of other voices below him roland knew that the herr general was alone while roland was planning how best to take advantage of this extraordinary situation the train came to a stop again and he distinctly heard von stromberg's voice the caressing voice that roland remembered giving some orders to the guard in the second compartment of the last car he said suavely you will find a very beautiful lady you will recognize her by her hair which is as black as a raven's wing present my compliments and say that general von stromberg will be honored if she will share the journey with him Superfell, excellence muttered the man and departed toward the rear of the train running even now roland did not realize just what the message meant and until the guard returned accompanied by a slender woman in dark clothes with a small hat set rakishly upon her head roland didn't know that the beautiful lady with the dark hair was zoya rochal she stood for a moment in the glow of the open door it seemed looking up directly at the shadow where roland was as their glances met then he heard von stromberg's voice welcoming her ach madame this is indeed a pleasure and i had feared that i should be forced to pass this tedious journey with no one but myself for company unless an evil conscience i pray you to enter and make yourself quite at home the guard will bring your luggage so of course i had forgotten that you left munich so suddenly and then as she hesitated his voice more insistent come madame if you please roland heard her climb the steps heard the door shut behind her and then the shaken tones of her voice herr general how did you know madame do not pry behind my scenes it spoils the effect i know everything it's my trade the thing was so much more simple since there is but one train to lindau i was notified at pazin the moment you entered your compartment you do not object to the smell of tobacco so perhaps you will even condescend to smoke a cigarette with me the train was rumbling on into the darkness again and roland for the moment could hear no more indeed his ears were filled with one phrase and he could hear no other i know everything 
i know everything even the car wheels announced it the exhaust of the locomotive as the train went up grade if von stromberg was omniscient he was surely aware of roland perched on the car top just above his head listening at the ventilator something of the terror that zoya had expressed for the old man's devilish ingenuity came over roland at this moment he had seen something of von stromberg's power of will he wasn't frightened in the physical sense for fear of that kind clogs the brain the heart the muscles but the fact of zoya's presence and the old demon's knowledge of it had given roland a new sense of von stromberg's skill in divination which anticipated what it could not guess and guessed what it could not anticipate in all reason von stromberg could have no possible means of knowing that roland had jumped the train at friedenheim and was now crouched upon the top listening to this very interesting conversation back there in the schweigerstrasse roland had heard zoya rochal swear to the old man that he roland had escaped from munich but roland would have felt much more comfortable if zoya hadn't come what did her presence mean had she found out from frau nisko that roland had inquired as to the trains for lindau and determined to repair the dreadful damage she had done had decided to follow tanya and markoff to the bonzee and help them in the danger of von stromberg's pursuit or had she come seeking roland trying in helping him escape to atone for her treachery or had her mission some less pleasant purpose whatever her intentions whether good or bad the fact of her presence alone with von stromberg in the railway carriage below him was in itself a threat against roland's security for zoya knew that he planned to be on this train or she wouldn't have come and what might not the clever brain of the great counsellor succeed in wheedling from this woman of uncertain quality by persuasion bribery or threat during the long night journey that lay before them roland lay flat upon the car top his ear against the ventilator but could hear nothing except the low murmur of their voices once he heard von stromberg's laugh and then a little later zoya's they seem to be getting on famously for with the odor of the masculine cigar came that of a russian cigarette roland did not trust her beneath the smooth veneer that she had for years so carefully applied she had shown him to-night the rough grain beneath the tartar grain and he had scratched it perhaps she would give him away to the old man who would have the train searched at the next stop roland had half expected it but when nothing happened he breathed more freely at least so far she had held her tongue there was some good in the woman some loyalty left loyalty for roland at least that had rightfully belonged to herr markoff whom she had betrayed love whatever it was that she had for roland whatever it was had kept her lips sealed as the hours passed and nothing happened roland gained confidence in his luck barring new treachery in zoya rochal or some miraculous guesswork from his enemy below or the searching daylight he would come through safely to tanya and if he didn't get through safely to tanya 
he wouldn't be the only one who went down it was going to be a peach of a scrap while it lasted a peach and the old pelican would be one of those to keep him company in the last adventure but wasn't there something better than killing a lot of railroad guards old gentlemen with white whiskers for the most part with families of grandchildren at home to say nothing of getting killed oneself that wouldn't help america much or france or even the society of nemi what he had come into germany for was to save tanya from hochwald and bring the money back into switzerland he was on his way and unless some unforeseen disaster had occurred unless frau nisko had failed him the money and tanya were already nearing lindau with success so near he couldn't lose he mustn't and then the train stopped at kaufbeuren it had been in motion for more than two hours but the sound of voices was still to be heard in the carriage below roland tried to make out what they said my prisoner madame well to submit with a good grace mistrust your generosity broken faith manage this affair alone pay you well if i succeed but at lindau the military prison for a few days i will give especial instructions as to your comfort not prison excellency for a few days only i am sorry i can't forget your help in this affair a glass of wine never travel without it the ventilator permit me excellency i can reach quite easily from the seat her voice came suddenly very near roland's ear he heard her fingers on the mechanism and as he peered in through the hole in the roof a white object appeared within touch of his fingers a tiny scrap of paper he thrust his fingers in carefully and seized it a message from zoya before von stromberg's very eyes but he couldn't understand how he waited until the train moved on again and then brought the paper close to the ventilator to read the penciled scrawl patience he read before daylight that was all but it was eloquent enough he lay flat again puzzled but jubilant she had been looking for him as she came forward to von stromberg's compartment and had seen him crouching in the gloom above she had guessed what he would do that was clever of her the old pelican wasn't the only one who could guess roland suddenly had a sense of doing zoya a great injustice a great wrong he had been brutal with her back there in the room in the schweigerstrasse because he had thought that what she had done was beneath contempt forgetting her wound her weariness and the fear she had for this sardonic old brute who even now was talking of committing her to prison she could be no less weary now than she had been four hours ago and yet he found her planning to save him and to save those others from the results of her treachery what was she going to do not murder that would be a bush vengeance he couldn't consent to that but even if he wanted to prevent what could he do unless he came down and revealed himself and that would make an end of them both and so roland waited his ear close to the ventilator listening 
the sounds of their voices zoya's laugh the clink of glasses was this the weak link in the old man's armor wein weib and after a while he heard no sound of any kind what was happening the train was winding laboriously up through a narrow dark valley beside a mountain tarn from time to time a red glare shot from the furnace doors of the locomotive and then a shower of cinders fell upon him the air was chill and roland shivered with the cold a glance at the east alarmed him for the first signs of the coming dawn had appeared it would not be long before daylight would come and with it discovery of his position by some switchman or station agent he crouched lower clinging to the ventilator and listened again a sound repeated at regular intervals and growing in volume a snore a man's snore von stromberg slept and then he heard zoya's voice close at his ear philippe it said he sleeps you must come down but wait a moment i will see he waited breathless and in a moment heard her at the window of the compartment then her voice again there is no stop for half an hour yet you must descend where is the guard he asked in the carriage in front descend by the rear and enter the window is open good with a glance around roland raised his head and slowly slid his body backwards until he found the iron ladder by which he had climbed and descended waiting a moment at the corner of the car to peer out along the guards and then bending down below the line of windows swung himself along the steps to the window where zoya was waiting him and in a moment had tumbled in head first upon the floor beside her in the dim light of the further corner von stromberg lay sprawled helpless his head back his mouth open snoring stentoriously he was not pretty to look at but he wasn't in the least formidable teeth were missing he was only senility asleep roland stared at him a moment in wonder what has happened he asked my medicine the opiate in his wine-glass he never knew you didn't give him too much i hope not there was nothing else to do roland caught her by the hand zoya you're four square it's fifty-fifty now forgive me and you she questioned i'm sorry i'm a beast we'll beat him now but the guard he won't bother us his excellency gave orders that he was not to be disturbed the guard has not dared to look in since but we'll draw the curtain again they stood hand in hand and gazed at the prostrate giant to think that anything like that could frighten one said roland with a grin i think i could die happy if i tickled his nose and then how did you know i was there i didn't until i saw you i searched at munich it was a fearful risk for you to take i had to take it but i'll confess i didn't know what i was going to do when daylight came unless i tumbled off i'm not quite sure that i know now the train stops at weissenburg we must get off there by the opposite door and run for it are you up to it zoya you've had no sleep the excitement i'm no weakling mon brave 
the daylight filtered slowly through the curtain of the carriage and still von stromberg slept twice the train stopped and each time by way of precaution roland crouched in a corner hidden under the travelling rug of his excellency at the second station zoya pulled up the curtain and inquired of the guard the distance yet to be travelled herr graf von stromberg was asleep and desired on no account to be disturbed even when they reached their destination if he still slept the car was to remain in the station was this understood she spoke in tones of authority and the man bowed and said he would repeat the orders madame need have no fear that they would not be obeyed zoya's face was pallid and the cold light of the morning was merciless but she smiled at roland and sat calmly beside their sleeping enemy fully aware of the nature of the sacrifice she had made her fate was now bound up with roland's his with hers failure now meant the extreme penalty of this man's power for them both and his power was limitless but a change had come over her since the scene in the room in the schweigerstrasse she was very quiet very pale smiling when he spoke but making few comments and uttering no reproaches she was like a soul already judged already condemned and awaiting punishment roland took her hand and held it in his it was very cold and made no response to his pressure it seemed that all the good in her all the bad all the noble all the selfish all indeed that was zoya rochal had been fused in the heat of a great emotion then suddenly chilled with disillusion zoya he said softly i'm sorry she smiled a little as you have said it's fifty-fifty mon brave but i am no fool i am aware of the sacrifice i make for her she laughed aloud my sickness has made me weak my claws are sheathed mon philippe i shall not scratch her i have paid have i not yes zoya in full she gave a sigh and a little shrug that seemed meant to deny it it is strange i seem to look upon you now as one who has happened a long while since you belong to a dream of what might have been you are very young mon philippe also beautiful and brutal as a god oh i say zoya i talk across a distance philippe from a dream you threw me to the floor brutally i adored you it was curious never in my life before philippe i swear it not like this even with this girl waiting for you yonder i knew i had to i had to save you to repair the damage and pay my debt fifty-fifty as you say mon philippe you've paid already i have an idea that i shall pay more no you do not know in the end the woman pays for all with interest the balance will yet be on my side of the ledger i'll square it zoya some way he muttered her fingers moved in his you may square it now mon philippe she whispered for all time kiss me no upon the brow a benedict 
dictus voila i am forgiven nicht wahr cleanse the new fire burns up the old she rose abruptly and peered out through the slit in the curtain clean cold passionless like the new day she muttered it cannot be long now you shall succeed you too we will cross the lake somehow to freedom perhaps at least i have done what i could n'est-ce pas she raised the hand of von stromberg and let it drop upon the seat he will do but his snore is like the ride of the valkyries no one will dare disturb him have you ever been to lindau no he replied but it's on an island lindenhof is what we want a village a mile to the west do you think you can make it three miles from weissenberg yes i don't seem to be tired he looked at her anxiously her face was paler even than before in the cool light but its expression was quite calm and even smiling a sudden grinding of the brakes of the train as it drew into a station while the guards called out its name roland stumbling over the legs of the prostrate von stromberg rushed to the left-hand door lowered the window and peered out the train came to a stop luck zoya whispered roland a train of goods cars just opposite we've got to start at once and without further words he stepped on the seat and swung himself out of the window to the step below without a moment's hesitation zoya followed feet first and roland lowered her beside him and after closing the window of the compartment took her hand in his and together they bent forward beneath the goods car where they paused in a moment of danger while roland whispered i will go first our clothing we must not be seen together follow when i pause and with a slight pressure of the fingers he left her and crawled out upon the further side there was but one person in sight a gatewoman her back turned roland walked a few steps then paused and zoya emerged and followed him he turned into a country road to the southward walking rapidly until he reached a clump of trees where he waited until zoya came up with him when he drew her into the security of the bushes where he bade her sit down a moment to rest while they planned which way to go in which direction was lindenhof and where schloss kempelstein End of chapter twenty four